Trailer Island Podcast. Yes, that's right. It's another episode of the Trailer Island Podcast. And, um, yeah, it's just, just another week on another Wednesday where we compare films and their trailers. Did the film deliver what the trailer promised? Indeed. And, and uh, that's, that's kind of what we do yeah, on, that, on this podcast. That, yeah. um, this week we're doing quite the, the, the emotional journey. Oh, I'm, I'm already tearing up just thinking about this movie. It, it's, it really gets me. It really does. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, I'm Alex and I'm joined by... <laughs> Matthew. Oh, it's Steve. There's a dog in here. I'm just a bit distracted. <laughs> that's that's fair enough. Not the dog. Not referencing who our guest is. <laughs> but <laughs> the worst segue ever. <laughs> is there? There is a dog in the room with us on the beach. But um, we do have another guest with us. We've got yeah. a guest in on the beach with us on the island it's this week. It's so refreshing having. Someone other than you two to talk it to. It is very refreshing. As a matter of fact, it's my wife. Is this where I get to talk? Mm. Yes, we're, ah! doing, we're joined by yeah, Prue. Yeah, yeah, it's a new voice. Good yeah. evening. We thought, uh, given that we're doing such a, an emotionally cool, driven film, that we would have a, a, a female touch. Mm. Well, this is one of your favourite films, is it, Prue? Or do you just like it a fair, it, fair bit? Yes, it, it, would, it would have to be. Oh, it's, I have a lot of favourite films. So, you know, that's, that's, it's... But it's fair to say that's that's definitely up in my top fifty. Okay, that's I think that's pretty good. That's a badge of honor, top fifty. Just so you know, I have like over three hundred and fifty DVDs. Mm. In what, my was your, what, what was your opinion <laughs> on Mortal Engines? Oh well, if we're talking about Mortal Engines, <laughs> no, we, we'll be here forever. I think. Let's start this podcast off on a good note. Yes. Well, this film came out in twenty thirteen. Is this 13. technically a bit of a? Uh, you know, oh, I think. Um, Prue, do you know what that means? If a film is a few years old, ooh, this is my favourite part. Oh, is it? I get to have a time tug. Oh. <laughs> it's the time tug. I wish my dad was Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the captain. Oh, thank mm. you, Captain. We I, appreciate your input. I'm worried about him, but he seems to be all right. He's recovered from cancer. He's, he's doing quite well. Oh, wow. God. He recovered from cancer. Look, I was just going to make some kind of alcoholism joke, but yeah, we'll go straight to he's cancer. He's a sailor. He had skin cancer. Oh, my Lord. This is quite a tragic... Well, I'm, I'm glad he's recovered. Yeah. We yeah. are developing the law very quickly about the things <laughs> hey, that happen on this it, island. It fits. It fits. Yeah. Oh. If, if the shoe fits... As uh, long as it's a happy ending. Uh, who wants to introduce this film? I think we should let Prue do it, being yeah. a special Prue. guest this week. Oh, what is the film that we're doing this week? Week. This week we are doing About Time. My name is Tim, and this is the year that would change my life forever. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! I just didn't know it yet. Tim, my dear son, this is going to sound strange, but there's this family secret that the men in the family can travel in time. This is such a weird joke. It's not a joke. If it's true, which it isn't, although it is. But if it was, which it's not, which it is, how would I actually... You go into a dark place, clench your fists, think of the moment you're going to, and you'll find yourself there. Happy It's going to be a complicated year. It's going to be a complicated life. For me, it was always going to be all about love. I'm Tim. I'm Mary. It's my mother's name. I remind you of your mother. Obviously, I should have thought this through more. Could you give me one second? I'm Tim. I'm Mary. I love you. 
to your eyes. Do you? I love the rest of your face too. Haven't even looked further down, but I'm sure it's all fantastic. I'm sure it'll be better next time. Well done. Some people make a real mess of it the first time. Amateurs. Some days you want to relive forever. Will you marry me? I think I'll go for... Yes. Some days you only want to live once. I am so uninterested in a life without your father. It never occurred to me that I might lose you. I never said you could fix everything. Not without consequences. It's so good to see you. We've never met before. Oh, no. What do I do? You have to use it to make your life the way you want it to be. I never know what the future holds, just like everyone else. Time catches up to all of us. My son. My dad. I try to live every day as if it was the final day of my extraordinary, ordinary life. I hope I see you again. You will. My whole life depends on it. I don't know if I like that trailer. Me neither. Oh, really? I, I think this film has so much heart and so many genuine surprises in it that that trailer ruins quite a few of them, in my this opinion. It feels a little shticky, but, uh, bit, mm, you know, typical. Mm, I don't, it definitely doesn't do the film justice, in my opinion. I mean, no. would, would, would you say that it's it's uh, a trailer that's targeted towards, say, the American well, audience? Possibly. It's definitely doing the, hey, this is another, you know, British rom-com because Love Actually actually did... Quite you well. Know, quite well. And I think this. When they actually twist a lot in that trailer. So things that happen, that look like happen at the time, <laughs> happen at a different time. Yeah, there's and, a, and quite a bit of manipulation kind of going on, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can finally get to answer this, ask this question because we have a woman here. <laughs> Does this trailer feel more targeted to a, a woman's audience? Oh, wow. That, that puts a lot of pressure on me to be, you know, can a you woman? Speak to stand, <laughs> stand for the entire. Female sex, but um, look, I I would probably. <laughs> she said sex. <laughs> oh, there'll so. be more of that. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! We're learning all kinds of words. <laughs> oh, uh, you guys have been uh, quite bored on this island. Uh, What's you the fallopian tubes? <laughs> <laughs> we are clearly here oh. with some inexperienced men. Anyway, um, I I <laughs> I would say yes, uh, probably. More targeted towards women because, I mean, you have to admit that rom-coms, they're mainly targeted towards women no matter what. But um, having said that, that like I felt like watching this movie, like it's a, it's a pretty wide audience they're sort of playing uh, to in I, this. I agree. Like I, I, I think... Cast a wider net, I think. Which is why I, I kind of, I feel like this particular trailer was maybe cut for a particular audience. Mm. So... I'm sure there are a million other trailers because there's always like a million trailers for one <laughs> film that may obviously target a wider group of people such as men folk. But I would say that they they would definitely think this film, the majority of their you know earnings and things would come from women who want to go see this and they would end up dragging along their boyfriends, partners, husbands and their husbands would actually love it mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. tell all their guy mates and that's how that sort of happens. So I'm, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because if I saw that trailer, I wouldn't go and see the yeah. movie. But I know that all three of us blokes yeah. love this film. Yeah. And I think 
perhaps I mean I, you know again like like you're saying it's sort of they'll they'll take their partners along with them if that yeah. if they are targeting the female audience but I think they may have done themselves a disservice I think because I didn't go to the cinema to see this because I wasn't excited about it. I only saw it once I was forced to watch it by mum and dad. I thought, this film's incredible. I can't believe yeah. I didn't go I, and see it. I think that was my situation too. Mm. But, I, but I think, you know, if you if you look at these kinds of films, because you can't deny what it is. It is a romantic comedy. Mm. So yep. no matter how they, you know, publicise it or anything like that, it's always going to be a romantic comedy. So how would you actually promote this so that guys would go, you know what? I want to go see this romantic comedy despite it I think potentially you would focus, emasculating me. You'd probably focus more on his superpower, which is turning back time yeah. and taking advantage <laughs> of it, which he does in the film. Yeah, And his relationship with his dad, I would suggest. Yeah, yeah. but then that, again, wouldn't represent what the film is. No, no, in, it wouldn't. That's it's targeting heart. the male audience. I think this is well and truly a film for couples. Like, yeah. how do you how do you advertise to couples? Is 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 a completely like question that has not been cracked whatsoever. You probably huh. advertise to the women who take their partners along. What we like to say is that Richard <laughs> Richard Curtis has obviously with this movie gotten a lot of people laid. <laughs> I, I, I think Richard Curtis we, has probably been responsible for a lot I was in the about past. Because yes. so he's come a long way since Blackadder. <laughs> yeah. What else has he done? We know him from Notting Hill. Mm-hmm. Love, actually. Love Actually. Did he write Four Weddings and a Funeral? He wrote Four Weddings and a Funeral. He's, uh, He's worked with Rowan Atkinson a fair bit he in has, the yes. olden days. Yep. He is best known for his romantic comedies because mm-hmm. of those really strong British romantic comedies that have done so well. But he also did The Boat That Rocked. I still haven't seen that. That's a good That's a good movie. Yeah. I um, think that's probably not as critically acclaimed as a lot of his other stuff. Right, okay. But that has a lot. That's actually a very father-son Strong narrative in okay. that too. Yeah. Plus, it you know has Bill Nye in. Yeah. Oh, Nick Frost. Bill oh. Nye is is such a great actor. I'm glad. It's hard to go wrong with Bill Nye. I think. Mm. Well, he clearly likes working with Richard Curtis because he's been in a few of his films now. Yeah, quite. And a he's bit. been good in all of them. What else is there? He also more recently did Yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, of course oh, he did. Right. So, yeah. That is a. He has an obsession with the Beatles, doesn't he? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. I do think it's Who disappointing doesn't? that he's sort of sworn off directing, though, Well, it's since fun- this film. Yeah, I think it's funny that um, when Love Actually, I think they did a special edition release, and I have that, with, there's a good documentary, and Richard Curtis says on that that he made Love Actually because he had so many rom-com ideas, he wanted to make Love Actually <laughs> so he could like put it to bed and move on to other stuff, and he has not. He just keeps making them, but he's... He's really good at them. Yeah. He's, he's, I don't know how he does it. Like, so seen, did he Did he direct um, About Time? Yes. Yeah, and he directed mm-hmm. Love Actually as yeah. well. But I, I mean, he I've varies, seen, though. He, he tends to. Yeah, he's he, usually the screenwriter, and then occasionally he'll direct mm. the films. I've, well. I've, just, I've seen other rom-coms, and they're good, but they're, there's an element to all of his films that I've seen. And it's very elusive. It's just it's like just a big, warm hug. There's a sense of heart that yeah. you can pick it that is across all of those films. And I don't know that where that comes from, but whether that is it's so ingrained in sort of the Britishness of the <laughs> films that perhaps we as Australians sort of have a more of a an understanding of over, say, if these films were an American film. Mm. Well, England is the mother country. And, <laughs> you know, whether American rom-coms always seem to sort of lack that sense of depth that these people are real. Well, I mean, there's, I there's think definitely some... an authenticity about British 
Rumble well, there's sort of like an mm. honesty about the British way of... I mean, Matthew, you're sort of of that orientation. <laughs> oh. Explain. Explain how. It, explain Explain what? That was a very vague question. What do you mean? Like... Explain how British works. Like, where, where does that sense of heart that we think we're feeling, that you're... T- like, this wholesomeness that you're feeling, that I feel well, like... I mean, a lot of it is aesthetic, and you think of... Uh, this film in particular, it is it is all shot in lovely locations. Like the family mm. house is mm. by the oh. sea. It's a beautiful house. Richard Curtis, especially in this film and some of his other films, it's kind of like going on holiday, which other rom coms yeah. don't have. Mm. Yeah, okay. It's sort of like we. Yeah, it's um, it's it is hard to explain. Um, I actually felt you nail, sort of hit the nail on the head mm. when you were describing love. Actually in that Richard Curtis had a bunch of ideas, mm. right? And, and these are all things he wanted to see on screen. Okay, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a star vehicle or anything like that. It was just these are ideas he wanted to see on screen, okay? And, and, and great examples come after Love Actually in that you get like the movie New Year's Day and then New Year's Eve and then Valentine's Day, which are essentially the same format as Love Actually, but... They don't have the heart because it is literally all those movies are doing are star vehicles for the celebrities in them. Right? Yeah. You know? Okay. Sure. There's, it's an absolute genuine quality to the to the storytelling. Everyone wants to be there. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Everyone's loving their time on screen. And it's a few few years old. We are going to talk about it. This film always makes me cry. <laughs> it has such heart, mm. but it's such a stab in the gut. Yeah. As well. well See, now usually we rewatch Time Tug films to sort of reorientate ourselves with them. I didn't rewatch this. I refused mm. to watch oh. it again because I did not want to go through the emotional journey that this film puts you on. I'm glad I rewatched it because I went and saw it in the cinema. I haven't seen it since then. Ah, okay. Oh, I, I mean, I, I would have seen this film three or four times. I, I got the, the time travel rules wrong. So when I saw it in the cinema, I assumed that Tim couldn't go back in time any further than his baby being born like that's the limitation of it and it's not the, that's not the case like it's a more character driven circumstance it's that if he does travel further back than like his baby being born he will change the baby that's right and i was like oh okay that's that's a lot that's a lot more concrete that's a lot more solid in terms of storytelling that is they can like they can do what they want yeah. but there are consequences yeah. which is as presented in the trailers as his dad says i never said that there weren't going to be consequences mm-hmm. for your actions now the plot of this is that our character tim discovers that he has a family trait that he can travel back in time. He just needs to head into a cupboard or a dark space, squeeze his hands, yeah. and he can think back to the moment and boom, it works. I love how quickly the film goes, yeah, we accept that and we're going to move on now. Like They don't and make a big deal out of it. You can just do it and yeah. it's not like you're a superhero. You don't need to wear a cape doing this. You can just do it. And there you go. That's the story drive thing. He doesn't do anything exciting with it. Pretty stock standard. Which is, yeah. is is that pretty British then? Is he just like, oh, I've got this superpower. Maybe. Might make it's my tea a bit warmer. Well, you know, uh, that, that I, I feel that the reason they've done this is time travel in film is fraught with danger. I, mm-hmm. I just, I really struggle with it because there are always so many holes in the story. And I, for one, am a massive when it, on story. You know, the script has to be tight to be a good script to make a good movie so for me you know it it is it's almost nerve-wracking to see a a time traveling film knowing that there there could be a hole that sort of destroys the entire film like 
I found with Looper. But we won't go into that. <laughs> That's um, a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I love is, and, and you could say it's, it's the British way or whatever, is that there were some really strict rules around this particular type of time travel where it's like he can't travel back, you know, what, what was – the uh, the thing you can't travel back and and kill, kill Hitler, Hitler. Oh. or or <laughs> sleep with Cleopatra. You know, it's it's you can only go back to where you know you've been in yeah. your life, what mm. you remember. You're going back to your memories, and that they can't travel forward in time, which also then cuts out this whole bad bit <laughs> that could go very very wrong. Mm. They sort of restricted it so much. It was just perfect. You know, you didn't have to ask questions. You didn't have to analyze it too much you could just accept that that's yeah and you do as an audience member you do immediately accept don't you so okay cool he can do this and yeah it's it's a good little bit of suspension of disbelief and and also just the performances of um bill nye and is it uh donham donham gleason Gleason. it's just their performance during that scene where he finds out about it is like just go he it's the disbelief from the sun and bill nye sort of going yeah like you don't believe me now, but you're gonna go and try it, and then you know you'll come back, and it just it just plays off really nicely. Yeah, they don't make it's not like it's not like Superman, you know, in the Tobey Maguire film doing all the montage and of him climbing what? up buildings. Did and you just stuff. say the Superman? Uh, sorry, Spider Man. Right. Oh. Sorry, my mistake. They all blur into one. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, I do like how just sort of they just sort of shrug it off, going yeah. But it was it was just fantastic the way and and again I feel this is this is very Richard Curtis where it's the dialogue that they have the banter between each (laughs) other the you know it shows the relationship between these two characters you know that that conversation so if this is true which is not but it is you know know, and it's just this constant doesn't feel scripted yeah if that makes sense yeah no yeah that does and and so I think that adds just so much more oomph to this film and mm. to the to the characters and to their relationships and stuff. Can I just say the sociopath in me was saying, oh, so they can go back before the birth of their child and the child's just going to be different and just go back and that's that, that's fine. You're a disappointment. <laughs> why, I'm why, going back in time. Why, why, is, <laughs> why does that matter? You're definitely... Uh, oh, yeah. I can spend more time with my dad. I don't care about these kids. <laughs> They've just been born. <laughs> I don't know you yet. <laughs> don't worry about it. We'll make new memories. <laughs> oh, Clearly, Steve, you don't have children. <laughs> like I said, it's just the sociopath in me. Mm. <laughs> Actually, talking of um, sociopaths, um, so I'm... I'm here, yes. Am, am I the only one that says sociopaths? Oh, I was only saying because that's how he said it and I didn't want to be ridiculed for being different. Uh, I, say socio- <laughs> I say sociopath as okay, well. So yeah. it's, it's Steve that is yeah, wrong. Steve. I say monster. <laughs> <laughs> Um, talking as someone who is currently single, I still find for me, the best element is still the father son relationship. Mm -hmm. For me, that's sort of what speaks to me so much. I also love Tom Hollander's character who play, he plays a writer (laughs) and he's just there for laughs. But every time he has me just in fits of laughter, it's obviously the script and the performance, but, um, I don't know if I should, but I see so much of myself in just his kind of, <laughs> his like, he's kind of like my internal monologue, but he just says what he's thinking, you know, it's, it's very funny. I, I don't mean to disagree with you, but uh, he's, I believe he's actually one of the most pivotal characters. Yeah. Because you think he met Mary, mm. he's his, you know, love interest. He met her on this beautiful date. They hit it off. It was absolutely incredible. He comes back, you know, completely happy with himself and just, so unbelievably, oh, he's just. Which again, the soci- the sociopath in me is going. Just, just take the date and don't worry about it. Yeah, well, instead, because he's 
you know, such a good person. Oh, yeah, Tim yeah. goes to – what's his name? The Tom Hollander's character. Yeah. Name. I don't know. His name is Tom Hollander. He's had a terrible, terrible night at the opening night of his play because he's a playwright. One of the lead actors just completely forgets all his lines and it's just – it's an absolute disaster. Tim can't help but want to help him. So – he goes back in time and doesn't go to this particular very interesting restaurant, which I kind of want to try out one time. Which is apparently this thing is a real restaurant as well. Is it? That's yeah, so cool. You just, just sit in the dark. Yeah, yeah. It's really nicely done. It is. Uh, Tom Hollander plays Harry. 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 I was going to say Neil for some reason. <laughs> just and talking about characters, I think there's something about the characters that get into film, get put into films like this, that just sort of pull at your heartstrings and cuddle it at the same time. But Uncle D, the character. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. You know, I, okay, I have, a, I have a fan theory about him. Oh, Ooh. I do. Oh, here we go. I, I, I think that he is aware of the time traveling going on. He knows what's going on. And he's, he has such difficulty, like, keeping track of what's going on. That's why he's so absent-minded all the time. That he's aware of all the timelines yep. at the same yep. time or something? Yep. Yeah, he is, he's like oh, this ubermensch that's, that's like existing across several dimensions and it's just one consciousness and he's witnessing all these events at the same time huh. and he just cannot fathom it. That is I, well, like I rewatched this movie immediately. Yeah, I am buying into that 100%. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. That works. That's amazing. That, that's why Bill Nighy married the other girl because he knew that Uncle D was this all-powerful, all-seeing god <laughs> and was like, okay, I better have this person in my back corner. Huh. There, well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. is, that is a conspiracy theory I can get behind. So the characters that are sort of these lovable characters... I, like you just want to give them a big hug. You feel like they're the kind of people that you would see in real life, and you'd be like, "I want to give you a hug." They do feel real. I don't yeah. think they. I, I don't think they do feel real. No. The whole subplot with the sister, I feel, is is too easily glossed over. Like he goes back and tries to take her back in time and change things that way, and obviously that changes the 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 child that um, Tim has. Mm. Uh, and so the, the other thing they try is they go to the hospital room where she's just recovering from her crash and they sit there with her and that's it. And then she changes. Well, Steve, uh. you do have to realise that isn't real life and there is only, what, a two-hour film that they can yeah. do this in. Yeah, I know. They, 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 they do have to compress certain things. <laughs> I know, but it, it comes to my main criticism of this film and that is that the time travel element, maybe even the characters themselves, aren't pushed super hard. And I understand that's because it's a romantic comedy, but I feel like everyone in this film has a way too easy life. Um, I mean, we have characters everyone, who are dying of cancer. And, and that's fine. He gets a wonderful final memory with his son and gets to relive like the child years as well. Spoiler warnings to anybody yeah, uh, wow, who Steve. hasn't seen this seven-year-old film. Um, <laughs> I'll try and go back in time and um, erase that. Actually, no, 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 it's fine. no, in Steve's defense, that is actually in the trailer. It is. And that's what annoys me is they put that plot point about the dad having cancer in the trailer of the movie. Yeah. Well, and actually, they, they kind of make it look like he's the one that has a car accident. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But then they have the line, the mum says, you know, living without your father and... I can't yeah. imagine a life without your father. Yeah, a life without your father and... That oh, could, that could have been me. past. Uh, maybe. Yeah. You know what's really interesting for me is I cry every single time of this film, but... I seem to vary at which point I cry. Okay. 
you know, sometimes I'll cry, I'll just absolutely burst into tears in that last moment with the father and son mm-hmm. where they go back to that that moment. Last night when I watched it is I was absolutely bawling my eyes out on my own just, you know, <laughs> watching this solo because my husband doesn't want to watch it again. Um, <laughs> Completely abandoned her. <laughs> <laughs> How'd the film go? Oh, it's just too much. <laughs> and, and seriously, I, I lost it just at that moment when he got the phone call. So it was when... Um, you know that there's that really tense moment because the door their daughter's just shredded up a manuscript that his wife was having to you know um, I think she because she's a she's just a re- she's a reader she's not a uh, yeah copywriter or anything is she? Mm. Um, so you know and it was uh, she was going to this big meeting and all this kind of stuff and so it was just this absolute disaster he was trying to go back in time because he wanted to fix mm-hmm. it but she wouldn't let him out the room because they had to like decide what to do there and, and it was this sort of really tense moment and then the phone call happens and you just instantly know yeah something really bad has just happened and I think I would say because I I have experienced a fair bit in my life is that you you have that. You have mm-hmm. that when there's a bad phone call and you know when your other half or your family member or a friend or whatever has answered a phone call that is... Changes the mood of the room instantly. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and, and it did that so well that I just knew something so bad had happened. And plus I, I have seen this movie quite a few times so I knew exactly <laughs> what was coming. But, but, you know, it made me cry then and there. And then, and then obviously they go to the house and, and, they, and then there's that father-son embrace there and all of that. <sighs> that to me was actually more emotionally draining. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a very poignant moment mm. and I felt more so than that going back in time point. Which is why I'm surprised Richard Curtis doesn't want to direct anymore because it does take skill to really – do that sort of thing to change the mood of a room that fast yeah. and then change the movie itself on its head within the space of, you know, 20 seconds. Yeah. And he does that really, really, really well. And not just in a, in a, in a script sense, in, in terms of a cinematography sense as well. Hmm. Who's yeah. the enemy in this film? Well, that's what I like about this is it doesn't have a specific villain. Probably time. I would suggest because he's running out of time with his dad and – well, no, I mean, is it more a thematic antagonist in this, which is learn to appreciate what it is that you've got, which is his character arc in the film, is he sort of, he says in the end he doesn't really travel back anymore. He just sort of, you know, lives the best life he, that he, he appreciates. can. He lives yeah. every day the best way that he which can. Which I do not believe in a, in a, in a heart. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, there's been a... There's been a there's been a couple of arguments that were then, you know. Yeah. You could look at the night's lotto numbers, go back a few hours yeah. and improve your life dramatically on the spot. And why wouldn't you? This guy accidentally forgot he parked in a certain place, got a parking ticket, and he got back into a cupboard and he's like, all right, I'll go back on time and not get the parking ticket. He did that. <laughs> he absolutely did that. No, fair enough. But I think, I think the antagonist is – or. Maybe not antagonist, but definitely the theme of this is if you had that ability, would you use it? Like, is it, it's a cautionary tale, I think, perhaps. Does, is there anything behind the whole thing of not telling anyone that you can do this? That one, I think, is just because I guess they don't want the word getting to the CIA so they get captured and experimented <laughs> on, I guess. That is, okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was always like, there's always that t- stress and tension of do they lose the ability if someone else finds out? Yeah. Well, he, or... he did it, his sister found out. This feeds into my Uncle D oh, yeah. theory again. If they found the time travelers, they find Uncle D, they find Uncle D, they find a living God. <laughs> <laughs> we must protect him. We must mm. protect Uncle D at mm. all costs. 
You know, one of my favourite things about him is just that moment at the very beginning of the film where they're on the beach having tea, as they do every night, and he's reading on the deck chair that just very slowly falls backwards. <laughs> and he's like, what, 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 what? You know, and it's like, oh dear, I seem to be falling. Oh, uh, now I want to watch it again. That's <laughs> annoying now. Do it. You know, it do just it. it shows just a normality. It's like, you know what? That happens to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something about it. It's, it's certainly something about it that there's this normal way of life that you can feel like you're a part of. Like the American... Rom-coms are always these people living in Manhattan in these huge apartments, and like, I've got so much money, but my life is just destroyed by love, and you know they have all these problems and stuff. And it's always, you know, boy meets girl. There's a conflict. They break up. Something happens. They redeem each other or themselves or whatever, and then they're back together. Girl forgets bad things that boy does because boy did nice big gesture. Therefore, (laughs) everything is now fine, (laughs) which does not happen in real life. Uh, No. But what I love is is in this film, and and it is so refreshing because only not very many films do it. Is where there's not actually a real conflict; it's a real relationship between yeah. two people. That there's not this I don't know horrible conflict that oh he looked at a girl funny or you know <laughs> it, it it's just it's a real relationship and. And I love that in all these amazing relationships in this film, none of them were actually compromised in any way, really. Oh, I would disagree wholeheartedly there. There is the sister. I think if um, if Mary ever found out he could travel through time, I think she would be so shattered. And that's probably why you never tell people that you travel back in time. But if, if like, imagine being mm. Mary, though, and you find out that your husband is a time, like, tra- time traveler, like, how do you go? Oh, she, no. yeah. it was definitely genuine moments throughout a whole relationship. He never, ever tra- travelled through time to sort of course correct anything. Mm. I would be like... Mm. I do wonder about the ethics of it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Is that another... Or do, or do we suspend our disbelief about that and just I appreciate think, it? See, I yes. wonder about this whole this thing because... Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. I was just going to say I think the whole film is sort of assuming people aren't going to ask that question. <laughs> but but I, I feel like they covered that with the fact that originally... He met her, right? Mm. So he's just going back to find her again. It's not, it's not to manipulate her or anything That's true. like that. You know, it's it's he's getting what he originally had, mm. but he had to do this good thing for a fr- family friend who apparently didn't even like his father. If you had a really good meal, you would just keep having it, wouldn't you? You'd keep going back. You know when you know when you finish a good meal and go, I wish I could eat that again. Do you, do you think you'd get fat? I don't know. Well, you, if you go back in time, you haven't eaten that meal, yeah, have you? Yeah. You, you could just, just keep doing it. Just That'd reliving be great. The, oh. the pleasure. Could I play a devil's advocate? Mm. I don't think that Tim changes uh, for two thirds of this movie. Like, I think the character change that uh, Dom Hall Gleason actually uh, makes happens within the first 20 minutes of the film, and he doesn't change for the rest of the film. Oh, he does at the end. I think I think as soon as he learns that he's a time traveller, he's already got that appreciation of the day. I think the, the, the dialogue that Bill Nighy has with him explaining time travel uh, instills him with instant, oh, I've got to appreciate the day. I think he gets better at it as the film goes on. You can make that argument, yeah. Yeah, I will make that argument, Steve. I will allow it. Thank you. That's very good of you. I'll join in with, with, uh, with Matt on that too. I think it takes time. I'll allow it. 
Well, and it is about time. Yes, and and do we know what that title means? About time. I think it's, it's just, just a, a pun. I think it just works really well in a trailer. Okay, <laughs> all right. I think it sells I, the movie. I think this is a really good example of the trailer or the film being better than the trailer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we don't. I mean, a lot of the time it's just representative and it works quite well. In this example, the trailers actually Skyfall was another example where the trailer was a bit lame. <laughs> and the film is phenomenal. Yeah. How many people out there, not necessarily just men, but particularly men, would love the opportunity that the first time they sleep with someone and they get it not quite right can go back in time and do it again? Yes. <laughs> I would definitely have that banana beforehand to avoid cramps. <laughs> also, bring water. Sometimes you get a bit peckish. You might want yeah. a snack. Yeah. Halfway through. Halfway just through. Pit stop. Just yeah. hang on a sec. Oh, sorry, just give me a moment. Got my cracker and cheese. Need a top up just for a moment. <laughs> just got to get myself a cup of tea. <laughs> some biscuits. Would you like some? Uh, um, uh, no, I think yes is probably the answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure a lot of women probably think that too. Well, we wouldn't know about that, would we? <laughs> <laughs> so don't say a vision is based on movement. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question related Don't to this, move. but I'm going to go on a tangent first. If Bill Nighy travels back in time, he obviously travels back to a time where he doesn't have cancer, correct? Okay. So if we're talking about Tim, Tim ha- uh, makes love to Mary, right? Yes. Gets in the time machine, goes back. Does his refractory period stay the same as a, like a normal person would getting back into bed? Or because he's gone back oh, in time, so you mean. biologically, as the refractory period reset? Well, I think... I th- think that would be a yes in terms mm. of because i mean if you actually look at the scenes the first time is like i'm i'm sure that'll be better next time <laughs> yeah. to oh my god that was amazing to now they're it's daytime and they're on the mm-hmm. floor and mm-hmm. they've clearly been he going, does oh. get tired though yeah there's a, oh, there's a joke I'm, where he goes oh really again so like, what do you mean it's the first time i was like oh you know of course it is <laughs> Biologi- yeah, I, biologically speaking, really inconsistent I, time travel film. I reckon. <laughs> See, I think he'd go back in fully charged every time. I do too. I think this is another question that the film did not expect anyone to ask. If Bill mm. Nye is going back with no cancer, he's going back with with refractory period, like reset completely. <laughs> See, I I, I figured That's that Bill Nye couldn't go yeah. back past the birth of his grandchild because, in some way, he's going to affect. Well, no, because his. Because he he explains it when I never quite understood the whole cancer thing. That that particular sperm at that particular moment to fertilize that Mm -hmm. particular egg. Remember, well, you probably don't because you didn't watch it last night. But um, the that is what changes is is that particular. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. So he Bill Nye can go back past his grandson because he's got nothing to do with the biological thing. It's his children that he had to do biologically with that particular thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm just wondering butterfly effect. You know, you go back, you change one thing and therefore... They actually mentioned the butterfly effect. 25 years later, that one little sperm is now different. I don't know. But when he goes back to play with his son on the beach, doesn't that mean he's taken his son back before... Yes, but He's got they, all do, they do mention, they're like, let's just try not to do anything yeah. different. Mm. See, uh, when does he get cancer? Um, I th- oh. he didn't I say specifically. I think yeah, he's had cancer at the. Be- I think he has it at the beginning of the film. 
So my my understanding mm. is like the whole thing is you don't want to change who your kids are. Yeah. Surely you can go back twenty five years and say I have this type of cancer. I guarantee you. Well, no, he fix it. he did explain that he's like I've tried so many times to to get catch it early, but no matter what, he's not been able to change that. He just yeah. can't get it. Yeah, he just can't get it. that. That's the conversation he has with with Tim when he that's why it's tragic. Right. That's, so why, no we, matter that's how, why we cry. Yes. No matter how hard he tried, he couldn't work mm. it out. Work it out. He couldn't he couldn't be diagnosed any sooner. He couldn't have a, a What happens or, when can you prevent the death of someone then? Can can yeah. Double Gleason in his sixties go back with the scientific knowledge of that particular cancer, go back and go, This is the answer. Well and he give can't him the answer. because his Good child question. was born. Yeah, that's he has to say goodbye to his dad because he has a child, and he can't he can't go back to see him. Can anymore. he go back <laughs> to the moment just after his child is born, and if Bill Nye's got six months ago, this will save you in six months. Hypothetic. We're also assuming time travel works in this, so I, I am asking a small amount of leverage here. All right, okay. Is that ah, possible? Not I think in this right. film. Are you asking whether, like, Dom Hall Gleason would sacrifice one child to go? <laughs> no, no, no. To, we know to, Steve no, would. To, to, yeah. to live out his, his, his life, find the cure to cancer, and then go back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it would. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. I oh, personally thanks. don't think that Richard Curtis is, um, has really thought through the sex mechanics. Sorry, <laughs> the, making, the making love mechanics of, of about time. This has been a very long episode. It has. Shall we do um, oh, five out of five tumours or something? <laughs> <laughs> I think this week is the time for bloated corpses. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, what's a good... Ever-changing children? Wardrobes? Uh, refractory. What, which one? Wardrobes? Dark yeah, wardrobes. Da- yeah, or just yeah. dark corners in general? Dark corners. Ooh, dark restaurants. Cups of tea. <laughs> cups of tea. I feel like cups of tea just works nicely for Uncle this. D's. Uncle oh. uh, omnipotent Uncle D's. <laughs> He's multi multi timeline, multiverse Uncle D's. <laughs> well, we can only have one of those because he's so special. So we can't. That's do true. That. That's true. Yeah. He is across all dimensions. Cups of tea. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go. First. Can I also also address that normally <laughs> this is out of fifteen, but because we've allowed prudence mm. into mm. the inner sanctum of our beachfront podcast. Hello. I guess it's out of 20 this week, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm going to have to get my calculator out for this. I'm not going to be able to do the math math's quick enough. Um, Ooh, lucky you changed that. What if we rate it out of, uh, let me do the math real quickly, uh, 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 four, no, it's not going to sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's out of five. We can just roll yeah. with that. It's fine. Um, I, I love this movie. It makes me, it gives me laugh, gives me cry, Good. Um, which we haven't said for a while, but um, it's just so warm and inviting. It's got heart. I love all the characters and it just it's just so nice. Such a nice film. Mm. And and yeah, I don't know why it's rated R. I can't remember off the t- there's a bit of foul language, but I I wouldn't say it should be rated R. Well, the trailer at the front of it said it was rated R. Yeah, so I'm a bit confused all, by that. I would suggest it's a like if you're watching it with your family like 10 upwards would probably be okay, I would suggest. Oh yeah. I oh, see um, on on my web search here it's just M. Yeah, okay. that's what I thought it was. So uh, That's very strange. But anyway, this is a, this is a marvelous film. If you haven't seen it, do go and see it because um, it it's just such a nice time, such a nice time. I'm going to give it four point five, four and a half. Prudence. This is one of my favorites. It's definitely a classic for me. Um, it goes in level with 
all the other amazing things Richard Curtis has done, in my opinion. So I have to – I'm not normally a softie, but this is definitely five for me, five cups of tea. Five cups of tea from Prudence. Dude. I get really teary-eyed throughout this film, but just due to the nature of, of me and – my obsession with time travel as well. I can't help but pick apart some parts. Mm. Uh, I also think like there's just not enough like be going on throughout the whole film. Like it's just a pretty easy ride for all these characters. You know, uh, it is a real happily ever after sort of ending. Uh, uh, so I'll probably just get yeah, solid three, solid three. I am going to don't know what I'm going to do because I know the film makes me so emotional that I didn't want to watch it again. Therefore, it can't get five or can it get five? I don't know. It doesn't mean it's doing well. No, it's not doing its job because you would want people to see your film, wouldn't you? Films are meant to elicit emotion, though, and you're feeling that emotion. Yeah, and it works really well. So you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go five. Why not? Right. Yeah. Just 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 because. So if correct me if I'm wrong, but that's seventeen and a half. Yes. Out of fit, no, 20. Uh, yeah. <laughs> our highest rating ever, but not our highest ratio rating yeah, ever. So if you, if can, you know if, what I mean. If people want to you, figure that out. You're going to do it in percentage and then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, well, uh, solid, solid 17 and a half out of 50. Uh, top. <laughs> <sighs> if I could go back in time and we could just correct that. 20. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we've been the Trailer Island Podcast. We were joined this week by Prue. Hello. Yes, thank you, Prue. Goodbye. Thank you so much for joining us. It was lovely to have please, you on the show. Um, please bring food next time. Hey, I fed you. Yeah. You fed me. That's true. <laughs> she fed you. Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm still hungry, but you know, whatever. <laughs> well, thank you very much for, for having me. And Matthew, you never take anything that I offer, so... <laughs> Oh, which is also true. Yeah, uh, <laughs> swings and roundabouts. <laughs> uh, look, we've been the Trailer Island podcast, and you can catch us every Wednesday from wherever you get your podcast, Google, Apple, whatever it may be. Uh, there's a website, trailerisland.com.au. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, you can send us some an email contact at trailer. Mm, please do. There's a Facebook page, Matthew. There is, which is now Trailer Island Podcast. That's right. And contact us through there with any film suggestions. That'd be terrific. Send us a message. uh, Send us a voice clip. Whatever you want. Prue was like, hey, can I be on the show? We were like, yes. Mm. So if you'd like to be on the show, do we we throw that out there? I think so. If you want to be on the show, send us a message. You just made me feel like desperate. No, 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 no. We, we've been running out of content for a long time. Does so. Alex not talk to you anymore? No, he's, uh, he's a horrible husband. That's, I'm so sorry. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> well, we've been the Trail Island Podcast. This may be the last time you ever hear from me. Uh, I, we've been Trail Island Podcast. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. Go home now. This is a Narrative Network podcast.